just takes a minute here to to go in. Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today I have my buddy Sean from Ireland. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, and thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, and everyone knows. Uh, well, not everyone, I guess, but I do. I know you go by Joey Joey Keys on uh, Twitter. Yeah, it, it was just it was a fun name to pick because of hey. the association with Bon Jovi. We know about Joey Keys. <laughs> he wasn't from my neighborhood, though. No, <laughs> stupid no, no. joke, stupid joke. Yeah. So before we uh, get into the episode, I want to apologize for everyone that's listening right now. I just got over a sinus infection, so my voice is kind of congested and I might mumble here or there, but I apologize. But anyway, Sean, I always start my episodes off with how you became a Bon Jovi fan. So let's hear it. I guess it was I was very, very young and my an uncle of mine had some vinyls. I remember Hysteria was one, but the cover of it looked scary. But then oh, there was yeah. yeah, Slippery When Wet. So the first song I heard was You Give Love a Bad Name. The moment the riff kicked in, that was it. So the, yeah. um, the first video I ever saw was Living in Sin. But the first, because back then, it was different than it is now. You know, the only time you could see the videos is if you had MTV. Okay. So what year did you discover Slippery when it came? Well, if you've discovered it was Slippery. after New Jersey. It was after New Jersey. So it was late 89, I guess, when I okay. first saw Very young. What's your absolute favorite song? And, and as, a, as a fan, what's your absolute favorite song? Always, but if I have to nail it down to one, it would be uh, on the acoustic one they did on uh, the Bon Jovi weekend where they did to the Crossroad ones unplugged. That is a gem. Yeah. And John's vocals were absolutely out of this world in that performance. Oh, absolutely. It was um, Yo, that in, that entire Crossroad promo in 94 was just absolutely amazing the, the richie was on the whole band but john vocally out of this every single performance you saw john was just incredible and you know i've always said it on twitter i've always said it on these podcasts the peak of john's vocals was definitely in the 90s and i think 94 was that triangular peak you know you have keep the faith um 94 and then these days you know and it just that whole 90s period just really was amazing not saying the other eras weren't but 90s was just amazing and you know you look at every single always performance from 94 like the one in niagara falls oh my gosh oh yeah man that was so bad you want to you know look at 95 from wembley you know it's just amazing so yeah good choice though um, so anyway, we are going to talk about, I always get excited about talking about Lost Highway because it is essentially my favorite album. And uh, so I always will never miss the opportunity of talking about Lost Highway. So we'll talk about the, you know, as you were at the gamblings of the band going into Lost Highway era. And, uh, but I, I want to go back a second because I said Lost Highway album is my favorite and a lot of people will. We'll say you said Crush was your favorite album. Crush is my favorite album as far as it started it all for me as an eight-year-old kid in 2000. But 
as a fan, Lost Highway is my favorite. Um, then, then Crash would be my ultimate favorite too. But uh, you know, Lost Highway just in general was just a magnificent album. You know, you look at it lyrically from a you know a songwriter's perspective, it's it's amazing. You know, the I, I guess we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I don't want to dig too deep here, I guess. But uh, overall, the album. What did you think of it? Shockingly brilliant. I was very worried when I was hearing this to going country and I was thinking really and I was kind of saying oh you know if they go to country they could lose a large portion of the fan base but when you hear the album and the subject matter and everything that's on it you just go wow they really took what they do great what country does great bang yeah my memory was so I was a fan for seven years at this time. So you know, obviously, the news. But he said in the interview, and I think it was in January, might have even been end of two thousand six. Right, it was right after the Have a Nice Day tour ended because who says you can't go home? Oh, so you know the whole idea for most people that are watching this podcast know the story, but just in case someone doesn't, who says you can't go home? featuring Jennifer Nettles was released on the 2005 album Have a Nice Day and that just blew up on the radio and it was like a huge success in the USA yeah yep. and, and that paved ways for John wanting to do a Nashville and so if you notice John has never said it was a country album it was a Nashville in country influenced album you know it was, pretty, it was essentially if you listen to it it is a rock album with a twist of country but so my memory of it was at the end of the have a nice day tour which i think it ended in november december of 06. shortly after that john said that they were already going back into the studio to record a country influenced album and i remember reading in headlines um i let me think let me think here i was i was 15 14, 15 years old when this news came out. So I remember going to school and everybody was like, oh, your favorite band's going country. And I live in an area where it's 80% country people, which is fine, you know? And so like, but like me, I was like, I'm a rock and roller and blah, blah, blah. They're like, your favorite band's going country. And I was like, no, they're not going country. They're, but at that time, you really didn't have much to go on other than John saying it was a Nashville country album. So I was, as a fan, I was actually kind of worried too. I was like, oh my gosh, because I'm not a big country fan. I like a little country, but I'm not that big of a country fan. And I was like, oh my gosh, am I not going to like this album? You know, and I was like, kind of worried about it for January and February of 07. And I remember in March, they were premiering their first single, You Want to Make a Memory. They were performing it live. The premiere of the actual single did not come out until May, studio recorded version. But the live performance of it, they did, um, it was it was some kind of American, uh, not American Idol, that was later, that was in May. Yeah, with You Want to Make a Memory, yeah. Yeah, but in March, they performed it on an award show. And I have it recorded, but I remember at the end of it, John says, hang in there, Adam, which was Richie's dad. He was pat. He was, you know, pretty much passing at the time. Unfortunately, um, but I can't remember the awards. But anyway, I remember watching it in March. And for those that know, you want to make a memory is my absolute ultimate favorite Bon Jovi song. 
I absolutely just love it. 10 out of 10, man. And I remember when it was like 7.30 at night, I was watching TV. I'm ready to record it on my VHS tape, you know, before DVR really set ways for things. And I remember, oh my gosh, please, please, please let me like this. Please let me like this song because I don't want, I don't not want to support the next album, you know, because I really, and it, it came on, you know, I remember that slow boom, 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 boom. And by the end of it, I was just like, wow. I probably replayed it on my VHS tape so many times every day. And I was like, this is my absolute favorite song. And, uh, so there, it, it kind of gave me some leeway. I was like, I think I'm going to really enjoy this next album. And then then more promo, more interviews were coming in March, April. And uh, and then I think in May, they showed a snippet on the band's website for Whole lot of Leaving, I think it was. Do you remember? They released some kind of snippet in May because the album didn't come out until June of 2007. But I think with May, there was so much promo. They were on American Idol. They were on all oh, shows. And it was almost like they were on more things than they ever were. It was Lee and Rhymes because they were because they were teasing about collaborating with um, a country artist. So I it was Big and Rich, and it was Lee and Rhymes. I think they played a, a Lee and Rhymes snippet on the band's website. And oh, yeah, it was, yeah. And then it was a whole lot of leaving at the end of May. It, it was like a 30-second clip or something. Might have even been on the backstage fan club um, where they had that. I, I remember hearing that, and that gave me some hope, too. But, um, you know, but going into when the album actually released, I remember going to buy that album and uh, I was just, as I was with every, you know, I was thinking this morning, um, we live in a pre-order day now where you pre-order something months in advance and it doesn't even come on the first day of release, you know? So you, you're still having to go to the store to buy it if you're a diehard fan, you know? I should say if you're a diehard, as far as Bon Jovi goes, we have to have that album on the first day. But I remember back in the day, pre-order wasn't around then. And so I remember waking my dad up at like seven in the morning because Kmart opened at eight o'clock. And I said, dad, you gotta get your shot. I gotta get that. Cause I'm only 14, 15, I can't drive yet. And we live like 10 miles from the store. So I remember my we got there right at eight o'clock, ready for the doors to open, got the album. My dad hopped back on, uh, we rode his motorcycle. And oh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of motorcycles. My dad actually passed on a motorcycle, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And so I, I never liked it, but I was like, you know what? To get this album, I'll suffer the car. I'll just, you know, I hated motorcycles. I hated being on them, but um, I was like, you know what? I'll risk it, and or not risk it, but just bite my tongue, I guess, because it was only ten miles. And uh, got home, I had my CD player ready to go. I actually had it open, plugged in. All I had to do was put it in. And I remember putting it in, and then obviously the last time it was the first uh, track that came on, and I was like, I dig this. And I just, the rest is, you know, I, I essentially the whole album, I just, I absolutely loved. Now, I, I know I'm talking, and I'll give you a second here, a whole lot of leaving was the only one that I could not get into. Still to this day, I cannot get into a whole lot of leaving. I don't get the hype with it. It's even, it's even one of John's favorites. I 
But anyway, what what was your reaction to it when you first got the album? Very uh, shockingly happy. I was um, when you hear obviously the first single and you're going, man, there's no country sound from this. But then when you put the album on, you get it. But what really did it for me was when it was in Europe, we were very lucky up until Crush to always get the 14 tracks. It wasn't, it was from Crush onwards that you had to buy other versions as well. So that was one record that I remember going. Well, Keep the Faith in these days was the same way though. You international. So here in the States, it was the 12 tracks. Here in the States, we got 12 tracks on Faith in these days, but you guys, or International Editions got, you know, like on Keep the Faith, you got Save a Prayer. These days got, you know, All I Want is Everything and Bitter Wine. But that was the first, I remember the the Japanese track and ordering two of the CDs, one to open, one to, see, to keep sealed, but man, oh man, was Walk Like a Man something special. <sighs> And that song deserved to be on the album. I would have yeah, replaced absolutely. it with a whole lot of leaving if it, if it came down to that. But Walk Like a Man was like the epitome of where they were going, I think. You know, as far as the... And it's funny, too, because if you look at the, of the two outtakes that essentially did make it on international editions, you know, Put the Boy Back in Cowboy... Um, or was um, it the cowboy back in the boy or something like that? Uh, on the singles, both the boy back and cowboy was on it, but on the different editions for Target, I think you would know more about the Target one than me. The yeah. Target had Lonely and Cowboy, but the Japanese ones yeah. had Lonely yeah. and Lost Highway. Yeah. So I always thought that the three outtakes that essentially did make it on some singles and some international editions or Target, Walmart, those were the most country sounding songs other than whole lot of leaving whole lot of leaving and then the three were really the heavily heaviest country sounding songs other songs were more of a rock song but with some country uh twist to it uh and that you know fun fact too real quick you mentioned lonely that almost made the album too but john has said a few times that they had whole lot of leaving and then they had a whole lot of lonely and John didn't want to be too repetitive, so he had to really make a hard decision to say which one is probably better for the album, which obviously the rest is history. Leaving went on the album and Lonely didn't. But Lonely is great. You know, there's a live performance of it, I think from 09, Starlin Ballroom. Love it. Oh, it's a super song. Yeah. I mean, it's like so many times with the band, a lot of time the bonus tracks are as good, if not better, than the other ones. I know bounce is the perfect example of that. Mm. You could, they could have made a double album with all those out to, you know, but thankfully we got that target edition. We got some more on the box set and, and it's, some stuff was on singles too from the bell. Anyway, back to the last highway era. What's your absolute favorite track on the album? Oh, without a doubt, make a memory, but very close walk like a man behind walk. it. Yeah. Walk like yeah. a man. But the video for memory is exceptional as well. All right, so let's get on the memory boat here because as much as I love talking about the album, 
I love talking about memory more because it's my ultimate favorite song. The orchestration, the composition of that song is just so beautifully written. And uh, excuse my, my nose is just itchy. I'm so sorry. I know that's rude of me. It's rude of me to do that, but um, but the way that memory was written instrumentally is just absolutely beautiful because the end is, is so totally different. You know, the whole uh, let's start from the beginning. You you have it, it's so slow, the boom, 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 uh, hello again, it's you and me. And John has talked about in interviews back then how he was just really just laying there with a guitar and just messing around. And all of a sudden, he kind of fi- found that, you know, you and I both play guitar, so we know where it was on the neck. But, you know, he started, and then all of a sudden, that the lyrics started to come to me. Hello again, it's you and me, kind of always like it used to be. And then it starts just to pick up. And then obviously, you know, it gets into the end of where it's a different orchestration. You know, usually it, the song ends at, at the end of the chorus. But it goes into this whole instrumental thing. And then Richie and, you know, is singing the, yeah. And uh, it's it's beautiful, and the way that the video complemented the song, or the song complemented the video, you know, because you could look at that that video in two different ways. A, he's a ghost looking back um, at memories. But John actually, there was an interview I read recently that I forgot about. That was back back from '07. She's actually the ghost. Yeah. And I never, I always thought he was because the way he kind of disappears at the end. But my second viewpoint of it was that he was looking back at memories too. But I, like I said, John said in the interview, she's actually the ghost looking back. And And so that was like, okay, I never saw that viewpoint there. But yeah, what what do you think of the video? It was the it was something. Sometimes you could look at the video and they have more of the lead singer than to do the rest of the band. But this was the one time as well where I'd say it suited the story so much that happened that the, the rest of the guys just in a small bit, but enough yes. that it didn't upset the rest of the story to the video because it was so important to get it right. I, I completely, I, I completely agree with you because a lot of people will be like, "Well, why wasn't the rest of the band in the in the video?" Well, that kind of takes away from the story. A, they're in the video too much, and it's just like, I don't say too much, but like they're taken away from the story. And like the whole story, the whole point of that story was John and you know, quote unquote, his wife in this in the video, the, looking back in time, looking back at memories, or you know, re- re- reflecting essentially. You know, they could have done something where the whole band was like performing on a stage. And so you'd have one second of the video, one second of the band performing the song. And I think that would have been too cheeky for the video. I really, I think it needed to be what it was, focused on yeah. John and and her. And, and like you said too, you know, they did show special spots of the band like when they were in the restaurant, the bar and stuff like that, you know? So... And I remember watching. Sorry for interrupting. It was almost like a movie, like the story to a movie. And the video was just so good because it was perfect to the story. While some of the other music videos, not just the Bon Jovi, but other ones, would not be exactly about the song. But that was just perfect. 
I don't know if it was the Bon Jovi fan in me that was so pissed off when Video of the Year came out. They weren't even nominated. Yeah. That video. I was like, you got to be effing kidding me because I don't pay attention to awards. I don't pay attention to charts, nothing like that. But the fact that you want to make a memory was true. And I don't say this was because I'm a Bon Jovi fan. It was truly the best video of that year, mm. you know, and it was kind of overlooked and not even nominated. But I don't know if you have VH1's big top 20 countdown back then in your country, in Ireland. Um, maybe so, but it wasn't something I paid much attention to at that time when I was younger. Yeah, but because when I was younger, there was nothing else. It was VH1, MTV, that was it. But as time went on, I didn't look at it as much. Okay, so we had VH1 here, uh, MTV, but VH1 had a show in the mornings called uh, Big Top 20 Countdown, where they would have, you could go on and vote every day, and you could vote which song deserves to be number one, which one to number two, and then they would kind of do a formula to calculate you know, which video is the best. And so every day, you know, I remember in May and June, Bon Jovi's, you want to make a member to go to 20, and then it would go up to 18, 16, 17, 13, back down to 14. But it would eventually climb up, and I think it hit number one at the, re- the week of release. But I was really happy when it hit number one. And uh, so that, you know, that, that's one of my memories of the, the song and the video, but I was like, I remember it took a a lot of the Bon Jovi fans to vote for that because this is back in MySpace days. So I'm like, you know, post on my MySpace, vote for Bon Jovi. And I had like maybe like 10 friends on MySpace. And no one probably voted. But yeah. But look, sure, the, the, the album sales did great. The tour did great. It was spectacular. It was, and sure, that was the important thing, you know. Yeah. The album went number one, I think, worldwide, and the tour did too. Didn't the tour win number one tour? Yeah, and you know? Circle as well, didn't it? Yeah, the Circle definitely did, but Lost Highway did go number one because I remember Lost Highway, have a nice day, didn't, but I know Lost Highway, the Circle were both number one tours. So, yeah, the Lost, so it was a very successful um, album. And I went to, so the, the majority of the album was recorded in Nashville at Blackbird Studios, I believe it was called. We went to Nashville couple, two, three years ago, and we actually stopped at Blackbird Studios. And I'm not kidding you, it, it is like a really small place. Like you wouldn't believe like a big band like Bon Jovi would record here. It's a beautiful studio, but it's just, it, it's so small. And uh, but it was, that was kind of cool to see, you know, where your, for me, you know, where your favorite album was recorded, you know. So, what do you think of the other uh, singles? You know, like Lost Highway and. Oh, I loved the um, the one with Leanne Rhymes. That was a super oh. song, and the solo was Gosh. so simple again, but so effective. Yeah. You know, till we ain't strangers anymore it was again like you want to make a memory everything was so simple but it worked perfectly 
Yeah. You know, it, it, I remember when the video was put out. I think it actually released on CMT first before it went on MTV or VH1. But anyway, I remember a lot of people on the fan club forum uh, was talking about the music video. They're like, oh, my gosh, John is so hot. John is so hot. And I was like, have you seen Leanne Rhymes in that in that nightgown? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> But but really, she she really comp her and John really complement each other vocally, and I thought that was a really good du duet. But surprisingly, I I feel like it's kind of flipped. Back in '07, back then Big and Rich was really really popular back in '07, so I can see why. But back then, the Big and Rich duet was a lot bigger than Lee and Rhymes duet. But now you kind of talk to other Bon Jovi fans, and they're like, no, I I like. Till we ain't strangers anymore more than we got it going on a lot of people hate we got it going on now and i don't understand yeah, it's why it's, great. it's just it, it, it's funny how that's flipped you know it's a great riff and uh yeah. and solo was brilliant as well on which one uh, we got it going on yeah it, it's a great opener too i got to see um john open up with it on the cruise in 2019 and i I would have never imagined that as a song or a show opener. I was like, wow. And so I, I would love to see the band open up with that. It was a shame they didn't even play it on the last uh, tour last year, back in April. Oh, yeah, it's, a, it's a, like the other. And there are so many great releases that went with Lost Highways. And just going back to You Want to Make a Memory, was it the French CD has the, almost like a greeting card inlay where it has the lyrics on it. Yeah. Yeah, French one. Yeah, it was, it's a lovely one. And the see and how many special uh, DVDs, etc., were released for that album, you know, there was unplugged ones, there was the CMT ones. It was just yeah, brilliant. Bon Jovi was everywhere. It was on TV. Um, you know, I want to talk about the, the last time with the concert because that was released the same day that the album was, I believe. And that was kind of cool because before that, we never got to see an album performed in its entirety like that. Yeah. And, and um, I remember they filmed that in Chicago. And the day before the concert, they recorded the music video for Lost Highway. Oh, cool. So they kind of did one one day and then one the next. But I remember um, watch, watching that, con you know, listening to the album and then watching the concert right after and kind of still learning the lyrics. But, like, I remember I, I'd follow along the lyrics in the booklet. But um, watching the concert was kind of amazing to kind of see, the, you know, listen to the songs first then watching it performed, you know, and just kind of like, like any other day, you know, they added on that outro, which was incredible. Oh, you know, awesome. Lorenza and David yeah. and uh, Richie and stuff like that. And yeah, that was a great, that was a great concert. And the uh, seat next to you as well is a really good one. It's a yep. really and that was i'll let you I, I, were you gonna say something else to that first again with a small duet in it but it was just something special and again the subject matter of the whole album if you're feeling down it picks you up and if you're up it makes you go up 
even more, you know? Well, that was what, you know, a lot of that album was Richie pouring his heart out, whether it was John writing about Richie or Richie writing about himself. A lot of that album was about what Richie was going through with, you know, losing his dad, uh, the breakup or the divorce with uh, Heather Locklear, his fling with Denise, you know, just a bunch of turmoil, you know, as well as, you know, what was going on in John's life and the band's, you know, stuff like that. Everyone's life. Yeah. Just yeah. To- yeah. You know, like John said in an interview, uh, I think it was on The View, he said that, or on the Today Show back in 07, he said a lot of that album was Richie being a being who he was and that character he was kind of take, trying to take off, throwing it off a cliff, and John took a gun and shot it in the back of the head. And that's what the album was, this, you know, was essentially about, was Richie unloading all of his problems. Um, so, yeah, like you said, it, it's a great pick-me-up album. It was, it's a good... You can relate to it in, in, in every single way, whether it's you're just down on your luck, breakups, even, or even just having fun with your life, like a song like Lost Highway, where you love just on a summer road trip, putting the window down, putting a Lost Highway on, and driving, you know, that in summertime. Exactly. I was going to say, letting it go to the second track with this, again, simple, dun, 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 you know, really yeah. uh, works. But- isn't summertime like really underrated? Mm. It is extremely underrated. I it's probably like one of the I'd probably put in my top three tracks of Lost Highway. You know, yeah, it's like, really good, really good. Um, it's just the whole record, all the releases, the special editions, and everything. It's almost like you could say to yourself man you could imagine a music video for summertime or you could imagine a music video for lonely walk like a man especially yeah. um super duper stuff really i, I want to jump back to one thing too because we're talking about you know what these songs meant and i i think for me to kind of just touch base with why this album means so much to me is because like I said, I was going, I was 14 going on 15. So obviously I'm going through such a change in my life where I'm going from a kid to a teenager and a teenager to a young man, essentially. And I, you know, at that time I was going through, you know, relationships. I was starting to kind of date girls and, and kind of go through breakups and kind of learning about like, how do you deal with this kind of stuff? And like a lot of those songs really helped me with that. And then, you know, a year later, after the release of the album, my dad died. And so Seat Next to You was something that I really could relate to because me personally, I I find Seat Next to You to be one of those things about, you know, heaven or whatever happens in the afterlife, you know, waiting for someone when you, when, uh, you pass. So that song really helped me. And so a lot of memories were associated with that album too, you know, the tour, you know, it just I really held on to that album, 07, 08, and you know that was pretty much the soundtrack of my life those two years. And I think I really clinged on to those. No, I, I agree. You know, it's just every song on it and has something to hold and grasp. Whether it be look, walk like a man, you want to make a memory, anything at all. Yeah. Uh, and so, what what song do you think? that you connected to the most on that album, lyrically? Not, not not as a favorite, but lyrically. Which one do you think really kind of grasped you? Which one? You want to make a memory. Okay. 
and, yeah. and, and may I ask in what kind of sense it it, it kind of uh, in a <laughs> in a romantic way to uh, a, a girl it was um <coughs> fit the time and it was just she was gone and when the record came out and it was just like everything i absorbed everything that the record could give and it was uh, very much needed at the yeah, time absolutely. well anything else you want to say about lost highway very underrated i think um but oh, i understand why to um you know if you were to to someone who's never heard Bon Jovi and you gave them these days and uh, keep the fate, New Jersey, Crush, I'm not sure that um, Lost Highway would be one of the ones where they would put it in the top three. Um, but if someone doesn't like it, that's cool. But I can understand both points of view. You know, there's, there's not big solos, there's not big endings, but it was a change and i'm very glad that they did that record yeah yeah you you bring up these days which kind of makes me think too you know a lot of people will and i completely agree these days is probably their best albums lyrically but you also look at lost highway too and i would personally put that album up to these days because you look at a lot of those lyrics and songwriting it's pretty good you know, so I, I, I do think Lost Highway was very The music video for Lie to Me, again, like with memory, it was so suited to the song almost, you know, and there was things like that. So um, was Callways um, as suited to the song? Maybe not. It was still a great video, you know, so, but like that uh cmt dvd release was brilliant it was yeah. uh, region I'm, I'm, yeah. one only but i still got it and i had the uh, all regions player and the then with the which special edition had the stripped versions of the songs then it was the australian, australian version yeah. yeah that was super as well there was so yeah, many great editions which, if I if I remember correctly, I think, and the yeah. CMP had the cool edition, and I still have it in in the seal. Had the DVD and the album in the double pack. That was a cool yeah. thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and they did a Walmart sound check on the CMT. I think, and it, I loved Memory on there. I think what other songs? I I have it over here. But what other songs did they do on that? I'm trying to remember. It wasn't uh, till we in strangers because Leanne yeah. came for the unplugged show. Yeah, yeah, I had, they did a few, but uh, yeah. So, well, anyway, it was great chatting to you about Lost Highway. And before we conclude, I know you want to uh, talk a little bit about your music. And so, plug away, buddy. So. It was just since I was a, a a kid, like you would see interviews with John talking about how he started doing his own writing and took it off from there. I was the same. When I started my uh, instruments, playing instruments, I could do everything that 
Richie did or whoever, but I didn't get great satisfaction out of it. And it was just like learning. It was almost like a chore. But once I started my own writing, it got there. But what happened was uh, I just time went on and I kept saying I must put it out, must put it out. And my grandmother said to me, would you make me two promises? I said, what's the promises, Granny? And she said, will you cut your hair? I said, no, what's the next promise? And uh, she said, well, would you release your music? And I said, oh, yeah, OK. Then I never saw her again because she passed. And oh, it was almost like a, not to worry, and thank you. It was almost like a sign to do it. So once COVID was over, um, I released that one at Christmas. And then I'm going to start releasing my own ones then from February onwards. But it's just like with the key, I have two or three keys I can sing in. They're all going to be love songs with the artist name Beautiful Echo. Okay. And if I remember correctly, you sent me one. And yeah. what was the one that you sent me that I absolutely loved? What was that? What was the name of it? Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it was the one I released at Christmas called Santa. Don't forget about me and my. Uh, that yeah. was the one. I, I enjoyed it. I and so I'll vouch for you. It's good. It's worth taking the time to listen to. Thank you very much. It's um, yeah, it, it was um, I knew that to go with first the Christmas one and then do everything else after. But they'll all be love songs. So. Years of listening to Bon Jovi and White Snake and Rock Set and that type of a thing. It's kind of if you put them all together, there's going to be different styles, but um, all love songs that's original love songs, what they're going to be. So, where can people go to check the stuff out? They'll start coming out in February, they'll be on all streaming uh, sites worldwide okay. under the artist name Beautiful Echo. Okay. Do you want to plug your social media so people can follow you and kind of stay up to date with that? It's up to you. You don't have to. No, that's okay. I don't use it that much, but I certainly will when the first song comes out next month. It's Beautiful Echo Zero One. Okay. What about your other account that you and I, we talk on on Twitter? Do you want to promote that yeah, one? Yeah, that's fine. It's a, I have to look at the name here. So that's my two Twitter accounts. One is the Sean or the Joey Keys one, and but wait, like wait, open it up here. Sorry, <laughs> that's fine, buddy. So we open it up, and uh... it's like it's like our phone numbers. We don't know our our usernames. Yeah. I know my username. Mine's simple, but it's a uh, Joey Keys 5 is the my main one, and the other one then is Beautiful Echo zero one. Perfect. Well, I'm looking forward to listening to the new stuff. Like I like that that one you put out last month. So I'm looking forward to the other stuff coming out. So thank you very much. All right, buddy. Thank you again so much for coming on. And I was just so excited when you said you wanted to talk about Lost Highway. I was like, yeah, I'll talk about Lost Highway. And uh, so anyway, thank you again, buddy, for coming on. I appreciate okay. it. Thank you for your time. Good All luck, right. Jerry. See you.